You're listening to DA Rockstar's podcast, a podcast for dental assistants. I'm your host, Rhonda Holman. I've been a dental assistant for 20 years and I've learned a thing or two along the way. And here's what I've learned. We have to band together to share our pearls so that we can all grow and achieve rockstar status. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, guys. Episode 69. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. This one is a must listen. John Hatfield. You guys know he's our money guy. He is the one out in the world that is telling dental assistants how we need to approach the financial aspects of dental assisting. So not only is he a dental assistant, but he's super smart. (laughs) And there's so many pearls that you guys are going to take away from this episode. Whether you're a brand new dental assistant or a seasoned dental assistant, I hope you guys enjoy the show just as much as I enjoyed having him on. Well, hello, Mr. John Hatfield. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for having me back on. Man, you know, I I think our listeners really love hearing not only from a male's perspective and the dental assisting field, but you really have your finger on the pulse for a lot of things that pertain to our career field. And I really, I thought we could thought we could just talk about some stuff that I know that you'd mentioned to me that's what dentists are kind of out there talking about um, when it pertains to dental assistants. Can you, can you elaborate on that for me a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm in a lot of dental groups on Facebook and a lot of chatter and I'm not posing to be a dentist. I'm in these groups as a dental assistant, you know, and every once in a while, these dentists, I think, veer off and just start talking about things, thinking that they're amongst themselves. And it's it's just mind-blowing how they start talking about their staff, particularly the assistants. So as I was saying to you, one of the things that is going to make us so great moving forward is us banding together because we have to stay ahead of this curve because the things that we are talking about daily as far as knowing our worth and and trying to do better at interviews and reviews well these dentists are doing kind of the same thing but really the opposite because they're trying to cut cost and manage overhead and ultimately that affects us right so instead of you know looking at you know, more efficient light bulbs or, <laughs> or how to make your, op, you know, hours of operation more functional. They're actually looking at like, how can I get a cheaper dental assistant? Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, kind of, I'm kind of trying to say that, but I'm also trying to say that, um, you know, with, uh, with, if, if we feel we're worth a certain amount, they're going to try and bring that down and, and try and break it down into dollars and cents that, ultimately are to their advantage. When I worked for a corporation, they, they decided to revamp it. And what they did for us was they come in one day and they said, they kind of compared it to Walmart. They were like, Hey, how, how do you feel when you're a Walmart and only two cashiers are working? And you know, there's 20 lanes closed and there's, there's 50 people in line. And so that's how they presented it to us. And it made no sense to us at that time. And it still makes no sense to me at this time because (laughs) It's not like they knew 
Tuesdays were our busiest nights and they had to have more people on. No, what they presented to us was if the office was projected to make, like the budget was set at a hundred grand and it was projected to make 80, they just figured out, hey, we're going to cut everybody's hours by 20% because we are projected to make 20% less than we thought we would. So there were some months where I was taking four and five days off unpaid as well as everybody, all the other staff. So these are some of the, um, you know, quirky things that they have going on as well as I know in some cases, some assistants who actually get their schedule texted to them the night before, you know, because the doctor will review the schedule and then say, oh, well, you know, I think this could happen or that could happen. And now all of a sudden the assistant's getting a, a text the night before saying, hey, you know, work 11 to 7 or, you know, and, and some of these, a lot of assistants have children, you know, it's yeah. very difficult to possibly come up with some kind of schedule and not just that, but I don't know how anyone can properly do their job if they're constantly worried about what's going on at home, who's picking up my kids, you know, no all those things we bring yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard, like, because I get the business perspective, but there's certain things that need to be a constant. And if you guarantee someone hours, you need to stick by that. It doesn't matter if it's in dentistry or if it's in, you know, a local plumbing business. Like if I tell you you're going to work 32 hours this week and then out of nowhere, because, you know, something fell apart on the front end, whether it's marketing or, you know, confirming call or patient appointments. Like, I don't think that that assistant should be harmed that way by getting their hours cut without consent, you know, without choice. Uh, absolutely. And, and because we all have the same bills every month. You know, my cell phone bills do X day and my mortgage is due X day. Like that doesn't change. <laughs> right. It, it doesn't. And, and that's why the difference in the salaries really doesn't compute because, you know, our dollar is not worth what their dollar is. And to get them to understand that is, is very difficult because if we miss a day that that's our electric bill, you know, that, yeah, that's a huge chunk when they miss a day, you know, typically that's, you know, part of a vacation or, or a car payment or two. I mean, just the money just doesn't equate to, what we make and what they make. And whenever you try and get them to understand that it's, you know, it, ultimately, yes, it's all money, but to not take care of your staff. And, and that's obviously the difference between a, a private practice and a corporation, you know, when you have that feel and whenever you work for one of those two trying to become invested in it, it's very difficult. You know, there's so many employees that are disconnected. And, and this is a lot of the reason why, like when you start to feel like a number, then of course you're going to operate like a number. And, you know, then you start reading this talk about the dentist and the assistants, no matter which group it's in. And obviously I'm partial to assistants and I understand the side of it from a dentist, but you know, there has to be some kind of common ground as far as human decency. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a post, I think it was just today, where um, they were debating on whether to have the hygienist clock out if there was no patient. And either the, 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 the common sense consensus was either the hygienist clocks out for that hour, or they clock out and clock back in under administrative pay. I was like, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, they're literally out there talking about, I mean, like, the, 
it just it blew my mind <laughs> it's not the hygienist's fault that that patient didn't show up or you know that the schedule didn't get full like I don't understand why that particular uh team member has to be punished because of something that maybe wasn't within their power of control you know like it just it blew my mind Right. And, and, you know, this is, this is exactly what we're talking about as far as all it takes is one dentist to, you know, come up with some kind of wacky, zany, crazy idea. And everybody wants to jump on board. And I remember I was at a corporate practice owned by a dentist and he was upset that a patient didn't show. And he started yelling at everybody about how would you like it if you had to punch out when someone doesn't show up now, you know, I understand being an assistant and, and needing a job and taking care of a family, but there comes a time for me where I'm pushed around so much that, you know, I'm not going to take it. I used to be that assistant early on in my career that, you know, I'd stay till six, seven o'clock at night and they'd, and they'd come to me the next day and say, Hey, you got two hours of overtime last night. You got to take a, th- a three hour lunch. I still think about this all the time. I sat in the back and read a book for three hours because I was not going to go shopping and spend money, which most people would do. They'd leave the office. So I come in regular hours, took a three-hour lunch, and then left at the end of the day. Because any time a patient would walk in at the end of the day, of course, we'd see them and do that work. And it got to the point where I finally stood up for myself and I said, listen, either I'm coming in late or I'm leaving early. I'm not taking extended lunches anymore. And you know what? It, once I put my foot down, that's what happened. They got to the point where they said, okay, come in, you know, come in a half hour, hour late tomorrow, leave early. There was no more asking me to take extended lunches. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's, I mean, that's constructive. You know, there's a good, there's going to be a middle ground. Like I'm happy to stay for your, you know, walk-in emergencies at five o'clock, but we need to make sure that this always stays fair. You know, I'm going to give a hundred percent. You guys give a hundred percent, but don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just genius. That was Okay, so dental assistants out there in the world, if you are John the way he used to be, take that advice. Just you, have some guidelines. <laughs> you, ha- you have to you have to stand up for yourself because if you think that they're going to treat you fairly and take care of you, that's not the case. And we see it more and more because they start talking to their friends and they say, oh, well, I do this. I do that. I have my hygienist pack. Like this will, and I've seen these contracts that they try and get these hygienists to sign. A hygienist actually posted one in a group once. Of course, it was taken down immediately, but, you know, she posted this, this contract as far as, yeah, when a patient does not show up, you have 15 minutes to punch out, like hurry up, make your note and punch out. And I I just can't believe that, you know, they, they try and get these people to sign these contracts and they wonder why there's such a shortage between assistants and hygienists with everything that's going on because of some of the stuff that they're pulling. Yeah. Especially with corporate, I mean, I think you're going to. John, are you there? I am, Rhonda. I'm sorry. I had a bad connection. What was your question? Oh, I I didn't. I was just agreeing with you. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're starting to see it more and more. And that's why we got a little put emphasis on you know, banding together, not fighting amongst ourselves, you know, basically, um, 
you know, throwing each other under the bus, like you see in these groups all the time, because that's exactly what happens whenever they start seeing it. They absolutely pity pit us against each other. You know, whenever people come in for interviews and, and, you know, just some of the things that, that can happen that they ultimately can control and, and keep our wages down. Yeah. So, okay. Like, let's say I'm a dental assistant and I'm going for an interview and would it be advisable to go ahead and set out these guidelines? You know, like yes. when you're interviewing, you know, put everything on the table. Like, I know you're not supposed to talk about money right away in the interview, but just make sure that you align with the, the doctor as far as how they foresee you like, just say, Hey, you know, I need guaranteed 32 hours a week. How would they go about doing that? Well, you know, okay. So, so you got your foot in the door with your resume. So they already have an idea of who you are based on your resume. And ultimately you can't pack everything on a resume. So now's your time to shine. So you show up in the interview and I see this question all the time. Do I wear scrubs? Do I wear regular clothes? Listen, I've gotten jobs both ways before because, you know, I had someone call one time and say, hey, can you come in for an interview? And I was done at five. The office closed at six. I told them right out of the gate. I said, listen, I, I can come straight there, but I, I'm not going to have time to change. And they were like, that's OK. And I ended up getting that job. So when some people ask that and people are like, no, no other assistants are like, no, no, no. You can't think like that. If, if someone calls and says that, and, and I would just say, hey, you know, I apologize, but I'll be on my way to work. I'm on my lunch break. Just be honest with them. You know, don't feel like you've ever blown a situation because if it's one thing I've learned from interviewing and trying to bring in prospective employees, a lot of times it's not your fault. You're not going to blow the interview because they already have something in mind. They already have a number in mind, whether it's your hours. They already have a number in mind, whether it's your salary. So don't think for a second. You could go in there, have an amazing salary, think, hey, I want this job. They might not call you back. It's not your fault because sometimes they just have that number in mind. I, I went on an interview. Um, I didn't love the hours. I didn't love the drive, but it was a brand new startup oral surgery practice. And I was like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity to help this doctor grow. It was in, in my Pittsburgh area. So I was excited because he was new here and I had all these contacts to introduce him. And I was like, this is going to be great because I'm valuable and he's going to see my value. So I walked in there and I have OS assistant friends in the Pittsburgh area making well over $30 an hour. And, you know, I have more experienced time not not necessarily you know straight OS, but I walked into that interview, thought I gave a great interview, and this guy built a half million dollar practice, beautiful practice, and he told me he was hiring you know four employees, two assistants, two front desk. I was like, oh, this is this is great. Like like I said, I wasn't excited about the drive and the hours, but I, I was excited about the opportunity, and I just told him, be upfront with me, just tell me what's going on. A week or two later goes by, nothing. I call him. He calls me back and says, listen, I didn't, I didn't want to insult you with an offer. Uh, I just, he said, I can't bring myself to pay over $18 an hour for an assistant. So I was mad and I let him have it. I said, listen, all you had to do was tell me, not necessarily from the get-go, but you could have told me like the next day, you could have said, hey, I'm, I'm 
I'm nixing you from this interview process because you're, you're, you know, too much for what I thought I could pay. Right. You know, and so don't be hurt. Don't think you blew something. A lot of times that's what it is. So you have to be upfront with people and don't give them the edge. Like a lot of times when they say, oh, what'd you make it your last employer? You need to either say, I keep that between my employer and myself, or you need to up it because I couldn't tell you how many times I made the mistake of saying, oh, well, I made 15 an hour at my last employer. And then they'd call me and say, well, we're going to, you know, they knew I was in a rock and a hard place. Unfortunately, maybe I let on too much as to what happened. And now that now they have you, they have you. So I basically, they were like, well, we're going to offer you the same. So then here I am thinking I can make more. And I was making the same amount. I lost all my vacation, you know, because you're starting over. So all that stuff's negotiable. If they want you, they're going to meet your demands. So you need to come sharp, come ready with your questions and, you know, make sure that that's what you want. Don't, don't settle, you know, just like any other relationship, you, you know, don't settle for something. Yeah. And, you know, John, it's funny because a lot of dental assistants will take a position with the hopes it's never verbalized, but the hopes of being offered a raise. Correct. So here's what you need to take away from that is raises are not guaranteed income. So make sure you know your worth and stand by that. Don't compromise. And you continue to grow yourself every single day and learn more and bring more to the office. And don't expect that raise to come. You know, like it's just... I, I see it all the time, John. I see people posting, oh, you know, I've been here six months. I asked for a raise. They said no. I'm like, well, why didn't you, you know, it's been six months. Why did you settle for such a small hourly rate if you knew you couldn't live off of that? <laughs> right. And, you know, I've made that mistake too. I've taken a job thinking, okay, it's less than what I wanted, but no big deal. I'm going to make that back. Then you find out, oh, well, we only give raises at a year thinking, you know, originally thinking and being told, oh, we do an evaluation at 90 days. We do an evaluation at six months. So now a year goes by. Then you find out, oh, by the way, we're, we're, we max out at two and 3%. You know, you'll never get that money back. That is your chance to shine. Yep. And don't be afraid to over, overbid it. And especially you need to sit down with a list and say, okay, do you, what benefits do you offer? Because somebody just posted this the other day. They were getting health insurance and their husband was getting health insurance. So they, you know, went to the employer and said, oh, I don't need my health insurance anymore. So, the health, you know, that's great for the employer. They're not paying for health insurance. Then they posed the question and said, okay, now I'm not getting this health insurance. Do you think I should ask for the money, the difference in my pay? Well, you kind of messed that up a little bit because you should have brought that up before you canceled the health insurance. Like now you have no leg to stand on, but if you do everything prior to, you know, they say, Hey, we offer health insurance. You say, okay, well, what if I'm getting health insurance from another area? Do you have a stipend that you could give me instead of, okay, maybe that, that employer is paying 400 a month. And if you're going to negotiate a hundred or $200 monthly stipend, they're probably going to be thrilled because they're not paying 400. But so it's kind of like a card game when you sit down for an interview and it's sad, but one of my favorite sayings is, you know, it's not what you're worth. It's what you can negotiate. And, and it's so true. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. 
And, you know, as dental assistants, we're not asking for the sun and moon. You know, a couple of dollars difference can make or break our year. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're not asking for $50 an hour. So you guys just think about that. I mean, look at the practice as a whole. How much is it usually, you know, is it a million dollar practice every year? How much money is going out? How, how much money is going in? And then have a better sense of what, you know, what you can look at as far as that practice goes. Like if, if this guy just got out of dental school, it's going to be harder to negotiate with than a 30, 40 year doc who's been with, you know, good assistance versus bad assistance and, and knows what your value would be, you know, as far as delegating and all the responsibilities that come with it. So you just, you really, like you said, John, just write it all out, you know, figure out where you're at, what you want, what you need to make happen, you know, and, and, and don't sell yourself short. Right. Don't, don't think of yourself as I'm just a dental assistant. Times are changing. And if you have that mindset, you know, that's great, but you're going to get swept under the rug because they're just going to pay you the bare minimum. Like you need to stand up for yourself. You need to tell them exactly what you can do for the practice. You know, all these corporate assistants, they don't realize how truly valuable they are to a private practice because what I learned for a corporation and how I'm able to translate that into private practice success, it, it goes such a long way. And you need to realize how valuable you are to, a, to any practice and what you need to stress you know, during an interview is, okay, this is what I can do. And don't feel pressure to tell them right away, like, hey, how much do you want? You know, like if they are, if they're pressuring you, just tell them, say, listen, I need to process all this. You need to take an account. Hey, what hours are you working? I, I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm trying to push this more and more. These people that are working seven, eight o'clock at night, Saturdays, Hey, these are premium prime time hours. If they are really affecting your home life, if you're single, you don't care about that stuff, you don't have kids, okay, great. But if you're giving up family time, you're not putting your kids to bed, you're giving up a weekend at the zoo, guess what? You need to factor that stuff in and tell them, hey, you know what? I need X amount more an hour or on these evenings, on these Saturdays, I need some kind of you know shift differential premium because they are getting away with, they're bringing in customers based on we're offering special hours you're not seeing the benefits of that. Yep. Plain and simple. Nope, not at all. Dang, John. Well, you know what? I really appreciate you helping us because there's a lot of us. I mean, without you, it all seems like Latin. <laughs> you know, it's like, what language <laughs> are we talking? And, and, and just having the knowledge, you know, and I love that, that social media aspect of it because we can literally see what's going on around the country, around the world. And, uh, you know, we're not trying to dog dentist. We, we're, that's not the purpose. And we're not trying to ask for more than we're worth. We are just trying to know our worth so that we can stop getting $7 an hour or whatever some of these dental assistants are working for. It just, it blows my mind that somebody in the healthcare position um, could settle for below minimum wage. And I, I just, I, it breaks my heart when I see it happen. And, and we just, we just have to band together so that it doesn't continue to happen. Right. It, it's all about taking that first step. Like we get it. You're scared. You know, you have a family to support. We 
we've all been there. We understand. But if you have three people telling a dentist no, and then the next two people come in line and say, hey, I'll work for $10 an hour. I'll work Saturdays. Don't give me insurance. Don't give me a 401k. All you're doing is setting the cause back. You know, I don't want to make it sound like it's a revolution, but there's no greater time than now to take charge of what is going on because right now the dental assisting core is depleted. The hygiene core is depleted. Look at what they're paying hygienists. You know where they're thinking, oh, I'm going to make that cut back up is the assistant because they're going to start paying hygienists $25, an hour. Where do you think they're going to take that cut out of? Yep. Now they're hiring sterilization techs and, you know, they're hiring hygiene assistants. Okay. They're going to pay them eight to $10 an hour. Like that is what's going on. You know, when you get out of school, don't be, okay. You don't have experience. Get that experience. Like don't necessarily settle for going to making $10 an hour. Like keep working your regular job. If you're off on the weekend, contact some of these offices and say, Hey, can I put in a couple extra hours? Like, you know, even if you can negotiate, a minimum wage or some kind of situation there just to get that experience and get your foot in the door, that's going to be better for you to come back to these interviews than just taking a job as sterilization tech for a year. And then, you know, complaining on social media that you're not getting anywhere because when you go to your next job, what are you going to say? Well, I don't have any experience except sterilization and I make $10 an hour. What do you think they're going to say? We'll pay you 10, 10, 25. Yep. Yep. You're absolutely right. And, and it's got to stop. Yeah. So it's, it starts with, it starts with you, the listener, not necessarily Rhonda, but you know, <laughs> the listener as a whole, if you're listening to this and you've made it, you know, this far in, there's a reason you made it this far because you want that change and you're looking for that answer. And guess what? We gave you the answers. Now you have to take, you have to do something with it. And I'm hoping you're inspired. I'm hoping you're fired up. I'm hoping you walk into an office tomorrow and say, hey, I need to sit down. I'd, I'd like you to set aside some time so we can talk. And you put together all those all those points we've talked about. And, of course, you can go into the dental assistance you know, worldwide group we have set up. Look for those documents for your self-assessment. And you go in there and kick ass and get your work. Yes. Preaching to the choir. <laughs> You guys, seriously, and if you if, if anybody needs to reach out to John, is that okay, John? If they're in the group, can they contact you? Just yeah, to, you know, ab- do a um, absolutely a specific. Absolutely, that's that's why that's why we do what yeah. we do. Yeah, that's awesome, guys. Seriously, know your worth, understand the details, and just make sure that you know you bring what you're worth. You know, and don't go in there asking for you know. 25 bucks an hour if you can't do half the stuff that a dental assistant worth $25 an hour should be doing so yeah let's let's not go yeah, crazy, do your but... homework before you you know <laughs> be like yeah I want a crown made of gold all I can do is section yeah. <laughs> yeah but hey like I said it's not what you're worth it's what you can negotiate if you can negotiate that please tell us about yes it. oh well John thank you so much for coming back on the show and uh, I really appreciate, you know, everything that you're doing in the world to help us. I really do. Rhonda, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And of course, anytime you need. All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
I told you it was going to be good, didn't I? Thank you so much, John Hatfield, for coming back on the show. Uh, As always, just a wealth of knowledge and really helps us all understand these gray areas a little bit more because the bottom line is don't compromise. Know your worth. Continue to grow so that you can prove your worth to your doctor and don't compromise. You know, the whole goal is to make sure that these gray areas are gone. We don't want them anymore. We want black and white. And, uh, you know, it starts with making sure that you understand the numbers, top to bottom, right? And as always, if you need to get a hold of DA Rockstars, we have the Facebook page. Julie Varney, you can get a hold of her, Dental Assistance Rock on Instagram or the website, and find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group is where we're all at. We're in a bunch of places, but that's a very vetted group for just us to be able to communicate and grow together. But until next week, keep on suctioning.